Welcome to the Rush Hour. Your daily dose of pop culture and entertainment news for your Rush Hour ride. Work sucks, but your commute doesn't have to. Buckle up and enjoy the drive with your host, stand-up comedian and power recapper, Dave Neal. Hello, everybody. Power journalist, power podcaster, featured in Time Magazine, also being sued for harassment. It's Dave Neal. December 19th, Transformational Tuesday. It's the afternoon rush. Let's jump into it. I got all your content in one place. We have Reality Steve and his rumors that Bachelor in Paradise may be canceled. Hannah Godwin can't get her sleep. She discusses insomnia. Uh, We've also got Madonna, an update on her health. Plus, Matthew Perry, of course, uh, the coroner reported that there was ketamine in his system. Well, now we have legal, uh, excuse me, medical experts saying, hey, that's not necessarily the cause of death. He could have been on uh, therapy and this and that. So we'll have all of that news. George Clooney denies coming back as Batman. Everyone wanted to know about that. Uh, Look, I'll give you the very quick update on the Clayton Ecker paternity scandal after releasing yesterday's 50-minute long video, which shared all of the publicly accessible court cases. We received an email with this subject. Final notice of impending lawsuit for defamation, false light, invasion of privacy, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. Yes, those are all terms thrown together in the same sentence. If you enjoy, and by enjoy, I mean if you appreciate justice and the pursuit of ethical journalism and the pursuit of the truth in defending uh, what's real from what's fake and all of the things that come along with the First Amendment, freedom of press. If you enjoy all of that in our great country here, please consider donating to our GoFundMe account. Excuse me. GoFundMe has helped us incredibly raise over $11,000 for legal funds, which I'm very worried are going to double that. I'm very worried it's going to be upwards of twenty dollars to $25,000 as we continue have, having to respond to all of the emails and legal motions and this and that. I mean, come on, we had to contact the Federal Bureau of Investigation, folks. This ain't hyperbole. There was different, uh, I guess, um, claims made. I mean, it's wild stuff. Wild stuff is out there. Either way, Link in the description below if you possibly want to donate to the legal funds. And we got some non-bachelor news we're going to jump off with. George Clooney, of course, power celebrity George Clooney, says there aren't enough drugs in the world for me to play Batman again. Here's what he had to say on this red carpet interview. No, I think that you can never say never because we got you back as Bruce Wayne in Batman. I tried. How did that happen? Well, I thought there was such a clamor for me to come back as bad, you know, as you know. Why are you making that face? I saw the face. <laughs> there was a clamor. There was a I bit of a, mur- a murmur. My, my rubber nipples, <laughs> and they were like, Let's, "Can we do it without the rubber nipples?" I was like, "Well, it's not really my Batman, is it?" Could, could they convince you again? I don't think there's enough uh, drugs in the world for me to go back to. All right, he says, not enough drugs in the world to go back as Batman. I don't know, maybe he didn't have a good experience as Batman, but to say there aren't enough drugs in the world, I mean, clearly he hasn't been a member of our community where we've got Microdose Gummies as our sponsor. Microdose is quickly becoming, I mean, the go-to gummy. (laughs) The go-to gummy is what I like to call it for all sorts of people. It's not just about getting high. It's about all of the little things that can uh, be benefited from some microdosing. You know that just right feeling when your body and mind are really at peace? Like after a work 
workout or a nice long shower where you're relaxed, focused, and a little energized. Being in the zone, well, microdosing can help you get into that zone easier and stay there longer. I actually use it for two things. I use their sativa, which is more of a like brain sort of mellowness. I use that with a cup of coffee when I want to get some writing done. It helps calm my nerves. When it's time to go to bed, about an hour before I go to bed, I pop a microdose, got me the uh, indica, which uh, helps the body kind of relax. You guys know I've got that sort of issue with my neck. So either way, maybe George Clooney, if he has the right dosage of microdose, would come out of the woodworks and be Batman again. Uh, to learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code Rush Hour to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, microdose.com, code Rush Hour. Microdose.com, code Rush Hour for 30% off. Let's keep the party going. Here's Reality Steve uh, saying he thinks it's possible Bachelor in Paradise is dead. Have a listen. That Bachelor in Paradise is going away in 2024. I don't know if this means it's being replaced by something else. I don't know if this means it's gone forever. What I do know, though, is after the Bachelorette films from March to May, they are going into filming Golden Bachelorette. That's what I was told. The unconfirmed part is about Bachelor in Paradise going away, but if Golden Bachelorette's going to film right after Bachelorette ends filming, which is around first week of May, and let's say they take a week or two off, then they start filming Golden Bachelorette, and they're going to give it more time, clearly, than they gave it last year, and last year it only filmed for three weeks, my guess is they'll probably go to six weeks. Then you're looking at, that's going to film from, what, mid-May to the end of June, well, Bachelor in Paradise films in June. Now, of course, things can always change. When there's money involved, they can make a way. Golden Bachelorette will have little overlap with Bachelor in Paradise other than Jesse Palmer. So my thought is, and I cover this in today's YouTube video, that maybe they could film the final episodes of Golden Bachelorette down in Mexico while they start filming Bachelor in Paradise. Do a little overlapping right there. I mean, I don't think Bachelor in Paradise is worth canceling at this point. I think there's always a Monday or two Tuesday slot for it. I do think they need to give a they need to get rid of the overlap, right? They had the Bachelor, they had the Golden Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise on on 3 hours on a Thursday night. Who has the time? Spread it out, baby. Come on. Now we've got the rest of December with twiddling our fingers getting sued left and right. Maybe we wouldn't have gotten sued if there was more content uh, equally dispersed. Uh, but either way, now that they know that Golden Bachelor was a big hit, it looks like Golden Bachelorette will get some of that love it deserves. Very excited for them. I tell you what, let's do this. We're going to cover Hannah Godwin real quick. I'm probably going to have a full video on this tomorrow, but here's what she said on her YouTube channel. Uh, the title is My Insomnia Struggles. have been really, really, really struggling with insomnia. Um, I used to like not want to call it that because I used to just be like, no, I have sleep issues sometimes. Like, whatever but um lately it has been full-blown um insomnia i went to bed um at like 5 30 or 6 30 this morning it's 11 now so i slept maybe three or four hours which is more than i've been getting but honestly in the past few weeks i think i've had like in the past three weeks i've probably had two nights of rest um, like, I just can't 
freaking fall asleep. And- I mean, it's a bummer, and it's uh, you know, there's always different remedies depending on the issue here. I wonder if she's got her cell phone in her bedroom. As you guys know, this whole year I've uh, kept my resolution to keep my cell phone out of the bedroom. I sleep with my Apple Watch on, so if if I if I do need a phone call or there's an emergency, I can be reached. But that doesn't generally happen. The idea that like you can't sleep a little bit, so you roll over to your side and turn your phone on, I can just see that being you know an alert to your brain to wake up. And again, not saying that's the root of her problem. Hey, maybe a little microdose gummy. All I know is uh, it sucks when you can't get sleep. Then the stress of knowing, like the older I get, the more I realize I need six and a half hours, which I know that isn't that much, you know, I don't, I don't need that much sleep. But if I get less than six and a half hours, I get sugar cravings. I get hangry. I can't focus right the next day. It's, it's, a, it's almost like a wash on the day. So as I've gotten older, I've tried to protect my sleep schedule a little bit better. But of course, with a baby on the way, who knows what's in store? I've got way more content coming your way right after this. I was very much looking forward to a huge, momentous comeback from Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers. He snapped his Achilles tendon, I think on the first drive of the season, like three or four plays into the season, and he has made a miraculous recovery, but he just announced he won't be returning to the Jets this season. Here's what he had to say. I've been progressing steadily. Uh, Once I was able to start jogging, uh, on the Alter G at about uh, between the eighth and ninth week, things have progressed uh, pretty good. Came out here uh, right before Thanksgiving, continued my rehab, and uh, was able to uh, get on the practice field uh, in a limited fashion the last three weeks. Most of my stuff has been, uh, like you've seen, kind of thrown on the side, individual work. This last week I took uh, Gibby Center Exchange. I did some stuff with the running backs. Uh, I've been doing the seven-on-seven uh, flight school, which is basically uh, twos and threes, P-Squad guys um, that I've asked to do uh, at the end of the day. So that's been fun to uh, to do that. Didn't do any 11 on 11 stuff. How cool though, they call it P-Squad, so practice squad. So imagine if you're on the practice squad, that means you're an up and coming player. You're not quite on the professional level. And then you have essentially a first ballot Hall of Famer who's going to be throwing passes to you as you learn routes and try to get him ready for the season. That, my friends, must be a lot of fun for the practice squad. I mean, normally they're with the second or third string quarterback and now they have a Hall of Famer throwing passes at their direction. How fun. Um, I think the whole time it's been uh, you know, hoping that we're still in it uh, because it, it was unrealistic to think that I would be uh, 100% uh, to be medically cleared um, at any point during the regular season. Um, I do feel like, uh, you know, in the next three to four weeks, uh, it would be very possible to get to 100%, um, but obviously not there. And, and so the conversation was, uh, away from 100% medical clearance to a willingness to play. So willingness to play, of course, no uh, playoff hopes there. So why risk it uh, for the biscuit is the question. But still cool to see uh, a giant medical marvel, that being Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this used to be a career-ending uh, uh, you know, surgery uh, that would happen here, tearing your Achilles tendon. And now to be able to come back in five or six months, absolutely wild. Iceland has a volcano. New eruption lights up the sky, forcing evacuations. Have you seen this? Absolutely 
absolutely beautiful to see nature. I mean, it's devastating also, but absolutely wild. Iceland is putting on a spectacular and dangerous display of volcanic power. As the eruption, a power volcano, as the eruption of a new volcano throws plumes of lava in the sky following weeks of increased seismic activity. A public state of emergency was declared at the Grindavik volcano exploded Monday, just south of the Keflavik International Airport. I'm, I'm sure I'm pronouncing this wrong. In the capital city of Reykjavik, and video footage shows molten rock exploding up to 300 feet in the air. Okay, sorry for desecrating your city names. Too many V's, too many K's. Madonna was in induced coma for 48 hours. Remember that, how sick she was? She was in a deep, controlled sleep during her hospitalization this year, noting how lucky she is to be alive and giving insight into what she remembers in that state. The singer made the startling revelation over the weekend during a show in Brooklyn, serving as one of the latest stops on her tour. At one point during the concert, she paused to address the crowd and said she'd been induced into a coma back in the summer. Madge explains that a friend of hers, Siobhan, was one of the few people on hand when she passed out on the bathroom floor floor and made sure she got to an ER stat. I mean, yeah, her friends literally helped save her life. So good to see that Madonna has recovered well. In other celebrity news, the flavor saver Guy Fieri says his sons won't get his millions unless they get two degrees. Uh, let's, let's hear what uh, Guy has to say. Uh, and by the way, Guy Fieri, he's like the nickelback of chefs in the sense that he gets a lot of hate. He's easy to make fun of. But every single time I've seen a natural disaster, the first person that's out there with his team of restaurateurs is Guy Fieri. He seems like, from all I've seen, the most charitable guy in the restaurant world. Let's have a listen. My dad says, when I die, you can expect that I'm going to die broke. And you're going to be paying for the funeral. And I told my boys, none of this that we've been that I've been building are you going to get unless you come and take it from me. So if you want it, so my nephew Jules is in the music industry down in LA. He's in the law program at Loyola Marymount right now. You know, if you're going to be a big time entertainment uh, agent, you need to have that law background. So he's doing that. And uh, my youngest son, Ryder, is a senior in high school, getting ready to graduate. Uh, or, you know, get to graduate in the spring. And he- By the way, it must be so hard to not become a douchebag with the name Ryder. But to think, if your last name's Fieri, oh, the the cards are stacked against Ryder Fieri. No, I'm sure, I'm sure because the cards are stacked so far against him that he's probably a nice guy. But I got to tell you, no one ever wants to bring home a guy to their family. Oh, what's his name? Ryder Fieri. And he's like, Dad, this is so unfair. I haven't even gone to college yet. And you're already pushing that I got to get an MBA. He says, can I just get through college? I'm like, hey, you know, it's if you want, Shaq said it best. Shaq said it about his kids one time. He says, if you want any of this cheese, you got to give me two degrees. Well, my two degrees mean, you know, postgraduate. So they're on their way. Very interesting stuff there. And look, I mean, he seems like a great dad. I can only say nice things about Guy Fieri other than his hair. <laughs> but I mean, hey, it works, you know? If, is that the dance of the devil? You got to get bleached tipped hair spiked with glue, but you'll get super famous? Well, guess what? If that was the key to fame, you'd be seeing me with a new hairstyle. Either way, two degrees is interesting. If, it, if, it were, if I had to go back to school, I think I would get a theater degree and I think I would possibly get a journalism degree or a political science degree. You know, just something about I would like to be more sort of well-known over um, 
global sort of uh, uh, knowledge. I don't know. I got a degree in business. I think that's also a fine degree to get in general business. I have a degree in marketing. Uh, didn't exactly. My favorite part of school was the socializing, uh, which which is an important part of college. An important part of college is learning how to interact with others. I mean, it really should be a class in and of itself uh, because some of those classes I took like finance and accounting. Uh, it's like, how about we just pay an accountant to do the work for us? Why are we studying this? Either way, it'll be interesting. I think there are other paths to prove yourself to your father than getting multiple degrees. I mean, that sounds almost like easier than going out into the real life. The most, the easiest time of my life was when I was in college. But either way, if he's paying for it, get all the degrees you want, guys. Van Wilder it out there. All right. We've got Matthew Perry in the news still. Um, we're going to go to him right now. Matthew Perry death uh, has showed ketamine in the blood. A ketamine therapist says, don't blame the ketamine. It's still an effective treatment. Now we know people that are on ketamine and we know that it can be used to help remap the brain in different ways. Well, Matthew Perry's death being pinned on ketamine by the coroner is misleading and puts the drug in a bad light. So says a doctor who's prescribed it to his own patients. Dr. Zaid Fadul, the medical director at Better You and an expert in addictive addiction medicine, tells TMZ the LA County Coroner Office's findings last week that Perry died from the acute effects of ketamine doesn't really explain how he died, at least in his professional opinion. Let's hear what he has to I mean, Matt Perry is well-loved, but I don't think it's fair to say he died uh, from ketamine. Uh, if you use Xanax in a hot tub, you could drown. And if you are drunk in a hot tub, you could drown. In fact, if you're just in a hot tub for more than 30 minutes, you could have possibilities. That's why you see the warnings on hot tubs. So I, I don't know if it's really fair to say ketamine killed him. Yeah, I totally agree from my non-medical opinion, but we'll have more on what he has to say right after this. Um, I think... The key thing here is, you know, respecting any any substance you, you use for whatever reason. You have to respect the possibilities of, of things going wrong and doing it in a safe environment and doing it with, you know, support is always the right approach. My background in addition has shown me a lot of different things. Uh, and a lot of my patients, typically when somebody is using a substance, even like ketamine, they'll develop a tolerance very quickly. And so what they end up doing is using higher and higher amounts to try and get the same effect. And with the levels that was in his blood, it was it's pretty phenomenally high level. Um, you know, yes, he had the appointment 10 days prior, but there's that's not to say he didn't have some other intervening appointment. The half-life is approximately three to four hours. It's not completely out of your system, but the dose is in roughly half after those four hours, and then it keeps having. For somebody like him who purportedly used it for a long period of time and in likely ever increasing amounts um it would make sense that there's some residual um he probably had a lot of experience with it and probably didn't just rely on the iv version you know i think every person makes their own choice um including providers uh you know things you're comfortable with things you're not comfortable with we all have a tendency to to lean into those things i'm sure people who don't know or haven't done the research will be a little bit more hesitant uh, that goes for providers as well as somebody who's used ketamine in the past uh, with patients i've seen the response i've seen the safety efficacy profile um, i feel very comfortable 
you know, continue to use it. Yeah, I, and I'll say this. I mean, as a non-expert, it's like Matthew Perry, ketamine might have saved his life. It might have been a drug that helped him kick the addiction and live peacefully until, of course, it uh, mixed with a hot tub. Uh, you know, I, you know, my father passed away in part on his death certificate due to post-traumatic stress disorder and Agent Orange from his time in Vietnam. Wouldn't uh, it have been nice if he was able to experiment with maybe ketamine or other psychedelic drugs or ways that might have remapped his brain so he didn't live in such a state of despair. I think that uh, a lot of the experimentation that's going on with some of these drugs is a good thing. Have you heard this story? It's absolutely shocking. It has to do with ketamine. There's a new Netflix documentary called Take Care of Maya, and it scratches the surface of a huge problem. The documentary tells a super sad story of... Um, uh, essentially, uh, their young daughter here, this this uh, family had a young daughter who had a very rare illness that a doctor was using uh, ketamine uh, to put her into a coma as part of the ways to cure her. She actually was receiving a lot of um, support afterwards, and without giving away the whole story, um, a very nefarious medical professional uh, actually kind of imprisoned her in the hospital from her parents, thinking the parents were abusing her for having her be put on ketamine. It's very fascinating. It's extremely sad. Just a warning if you're going to watch it. Take Care of Maya is on Netflix. I promised this story this morning on the Rush Hour, and we ran out of time. It's an article that's titled, Most Young Men Are Single, Most Young Women Are Not. And I wanted to hear this uh, lady's perspective on why this might be. This is on TikTok. Uh, have a listen. Where more and more men are single because women do not want to date them is a world that's very dangerous for women, which is why I worry about retaliation in reaction to the rise of single men. We actually have data from this year that shows young women are way less interested in dating than young men are. And we have data to show that more women than men are single because they simply cannot find someone they are interested in dating. 38% of single American women say the main reason they're not dating is they can't find someone that meets their expectations, compared to only 23% of men say the same thing. College-educated women are the group most likely to say they are single because they can't find someone that meets their expectation, 45%. And I can hear the men in my comments now saying, see, it's women's fault. They have too high of expectation. And All right, case closed. It's women's fault. No, I'm kidding. That's why everyone is single and lonely. But let me remind you that women have always entered into marriages with the expectation that it is going to materially improve their lives. We needed husbands for financial security. We needed them for bank accounts, for credit cards, to have a house to live in. And now women are doing better than men. We are more educated. We are stable on our own. And you know, I actually saw this when I was traveling through the Middle East um, in Qatar. They actually, the rates of polygamy are down because more women are getting jobs. And this is a good thing. This is economics. The more freedom you give people to make decisions that aren't based on financial reasons, the the more people will make the right decisions. And if that means there is a sub-segment of men out there that are not doing a good job of courting women and can, giving them a non-financial reason to stick with them, then up, up, up your game, bros. That's what it comes down to. Up your game. And that's okay. If you're out there, work on yourself. Be more desirable in the sense that put more stock and equity into what you have to offer. And the right person might want to attach themselves to you. But if it's just that you're a high-paying 
you know, a doctor or whatever, but you're an a-hole, that might not do it for you. You know, step up your game. Women who are independent and self-sustaining do not need to get married. When you don't financially need a husband or a partner, you can say, I'm not going to get a partner until I find one that's emotionally supportive, emotionally intelligent, doesn't need me to be his therapist and his mom, doesn't need me to do all the childcare, all the housework. And men will tell you, they do in my comments every single day, that these expectations are just simply too much. I fear for escalating retaliation that this will cause interpersonally between men and women and also in legislative and policy decisions like the push to get rid of no-fault divorce in the rolling back of reproductive rights and with things like student debt and college affordability they're not going to make college more affordable when more women going to college results in higher expectations of the men that want to date us yeah, I'll just say this. Financial independence gives you the choice to decide you want to get into a marriage or not. It gives you the choice to decide if you want to keep working or not. Take that choice and you'll deal with whatever consequences, positive or negative, as they come. But better to have the choices than not is what I like to say. All right, folks. Well, you have the choice to keep on listening if you want from future episodes. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit the rate and review button. I appreciate you all so much. If those have a little extra Christmas bonus and want to join our legal defense fund, I'll get the uh, link in the description below. If you are in Huntington Beach, is that what it's called? Huntington Beach, Orange County. I've got a show December 28th. I'd love to see you there. A very fun stand-up comedy show. All right, well, we'll be back tomorrow morning as we always are. I've been Dave Neal, and this was The Rush. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't, don't. Join the free Facebook group, Dave Neal's Community. Got cash? Become a premium member at patreon.com slash Dave Neal. Link in the description below. And don't forget to follow Dave on Instagram at dneals for upcoming stand-up shows. See you tomorrow on The Rush.